Today's daf is somewhat technical, but let's just, if we set it up correctly, I think it will be, uh, become clear. We'll try and make it be as, as best as possible. We already have encountered the machlokas between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva, when the Torah tells you that meitav sadeh, meitav karmi yishalem, the damage has to be paid with meitav. Meitav means the best quality. So we had a machlokas, is it the best quality of the nizak, which was Rabbi Shmuel's position, right? And even if the best quality of the nizak happens to be the zaburis of the mazik, doesn't matter. The mazik has a leniency. The mazik can just give his worst quality as long as it's the best quality of the nizak. And he's, uh, or, it makes no difference the quality of the nizak. Whatever the best quality of the mazik is, that's what has to be paid. But now the one is addressing a Shiloh which really should have been addressed earlier. Is that when we talk about metav, are we talking about an objective qualification or is it subjective? Right? What do I mean by that? What I mean is that there is a market out there, there's an industry out there that grades property. So there is a grading that no one disagrees. There is a grading of what's generally considered in the parsha of Metav, of, of, of Idis, what's considered Ziburis, and what's considered uh, and Bainanis. There, there is those three qualifications exist. The question is that when the Torah says that you have to pay Metav, is that going on the industry's qualification or is Metav automatically determined as to what's the best property that you own. Whatever your best is, irrespective of what the industry is, maybe that's considered to be the metav. So therefore, when we talk about that you have to pay metav karma, metav karma, is that based on an objective qualification or is that subjective, uh, dependent on the person's own assets as to what he owns? Give you an afkamina. Let's just say, we're going to see the one who's going to go through this. But let's just say is that we hold like Rabbi Akiva, you have to pay the mazik shayminan. It's based on what the mazik has. Now let's say uh, the metav, the industry standard of metav is uh, $1,000 an acre. Right? This guy happens to have land that is $1,000 an acre. But he has uber metav. He even has property that is uh, $2,000 an acre. If the requirement to be the mazik shaminon that you calculate with the mazik is based on what the industry standard is, he would only have to pay the acre, give using the acre, the $1,000 acre land. But if it's subjective to his best property, then he has to give the quality of land. Let's do that. Now, now don't forget, we're not talking about that you're gonna, at the end of the day, pay more money. Whatever the damage is, that's what you're paying for. The question is the quality of that. So you might only have to give the half an acre of the super quality as opposed to a full acre of the quality. Okay, but that's the Shaila that the Gemara asks. So let's read inside. So boy me Rav Shmuel bar Abba Ma'arkunya mi Rabbi Abba. So he asked about the following shops. Keshain Shaman, when they when the based in or the Torah requires the based in to assess or calculate, Bishalohen Shaman is a Bishaloh based on what he himself possesses, which we're calling a subjective qualification. O Bishalohen Shaman, or is it by the, the industry, by what the world determines is considered to be the thing? Now, says the moral like this. 
I want to explain this outside. You have to take a look at Tosis a little bit to get a better Hezbollah. But let me just explain it as, as simply as possible. But the one is going to say is like this. In the sheet of Rabbi Shmuel, right? Rabbi Shmuel learned Shava, that just as when it says that when an animal damages the land, Sadeyu, what land was that talking about? That belongs of the Nizak. So too, when it says you have to pay Meitav Kar Meitav Sadeyu, it's of the Nizak. means you have to pay the Meitav of the Nizak. So what the Gemara says over here, that based on the understanding of Rabbi Shmuel, it's clear that when he says, when it says, uh, the mate of Sadeu is what the Nizak owns. It's the, so it's clearly telling you, you have to pay the best of the Nizak. That clearly seems to be telling us that it's indicative of based on what he has, not on any indus, uh, industry standard. So this Shaila is not a Shaila in Rabbi Yishmol. In Rabbi Yishmol, it's clear that the point is, based on the Xerah Shava, that it's teaching me it's relative to his best property irrespective where on the spectrum it falls in terms of the world's classification of quality. Is that, is that clear? So when it says like this, so I'll leave it to Rabbi Shmuel to buy luck. This question cannot be answered because Rabbi Shmuel Dama Ben Nizak Shaminan. He holds Ben Nizak Shaminan, therefore it's clearly relative to what the Nizak has. Kiti Bayalach Alid Rabbi Akiva. The Shail is only in the sheet of Rabbi Akiva because what did Rabbi Akiva hold? That, that how do you assess it? It's based on the Meitav of the Mazik. So therefore, it's calculated based on the Mazik has. So again, now we can ask the Shaila, my, what does the Torah mean when it says that the Mazik has to pay mate of Sadeh or mate of Karma Yeshalem, right? What does it mean? Is it coming to emphasize that he has to pay the best of his quality as opposed to, as opposed to, no, oh, well, that's going to be the second part, as opposed to the best of the Nizak. Because Rabbi Shmuel holds is coming to teach me the best of the Nizak. The Torah is saying, no, it's got nothing to do with what the best of the Nizak was. It's got to be the best of the Mazik. Now, if you hold it, it has to be the best of the Mazik. That means, it means as long as it's considered made up of the Mazik. But the more it entertains over here, that it's only coming to exclude what the Nizak had. So you have to pay made up of the Mazik. But it could be that the made up of the Mazik will be assessed by, by the global uh, standard. It means as long as he has made up, that's considered to be made of, that's what he can give. He doesn't have to give more than that. He just has to give. Maybe that's what it means. Oh, deal, mommy. The other way of looking at it is when it says that he has to give his mate of, of the Nizza, of the Mazik, it means his, specifically his, as opposed to the industry standard. He's got to give his best. And if his best is better than the industry standard, then that's what has to be given. Oh, deal, It's coming to exclude the industry standard. Obviously, if he has worse than the industry standard, then it's not a Shiloh. You give whatever he has. But it means it's talking about even a case where he has more than what's the industry standard, he would have to give that. So therefore, the Gemara entertains that this question is specifically a Shiloh in Rabbi Akiva and not a Shaila in Rabbi Shmuel. So the Lord says, Rabbi Abba pushed back and said, I could really, uh, 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 the same way as you understand that's not a Shaila in Rabbi Shmuel, the same I, I hold is also not a Shaila in Rabbi Akiva as well. Why not? He says, because the part, the part says clearly, in the Torah said, Meitav Sadehu. What does Meitav Sadehu seem to imply? The best of his property. The best of his property seems to imply it's not an industry standard. It's based on the relative. He has to go to the best of standard. And you want to entertain 
that he only has to give the industry. The industry standards actually comes up being a leniency for him. Right? right? Because he doesn't have to give. He's not right. so then, but the Pasuk says the best that he owns. We're not giving him that leniency. Yeah. All right? So therefore, so, so therefore it comes out like this. The question was raised. Ravava pushed back and said, there's no question over here. Is It might be in, in, in terms of ob- objective terms, we do have classifications. And we're going to see even in the Mishnayas, they refer to things in terms of their classifications. But at the point of assessment, assessment is always made relative to according to according no whether you hold like a small order it's always made relative to what he has as opposed to that's the thing, that's what the outcome of Rabia not on based on right now so one has the following question all right we're talking about a situation where guy got himself into a lot of problems he has three different types of people going after him all right he has somebody that he damaged. Now the person that he damaged, if he wants to pay property, what type of property does he have to use? So Nezakin. Nezakin is made of Sedeh, made of Karma. That's our, our, we've just right. been learning. You have to pay Idis. If the guy, therefore the, the, the Mazik has to pay Idis, right? If it is a, uh, an outstanding loan, that he is a debtor and the creditors are coming after him. We learned yesterday. Bainanis. Bainanis. In between. And if it's a ksuva, then he has to pay from Zaburis. The ksuva, the, a wife, a woman, an ex-wife, or, a, or he's the estate. He pays the worst. He pays the worst. So now the situation, he's got all three different parties are banging on his door. Okay? Now... So, Aesave, the one's going to have a question. Come to a long, a, a long bricer, and then we're going to circle back and see what the question is. Angla Ella Idis. If this fellow only has one grade of land, all right, which is Idis, okay? So now, if he only has Idis, and there's no question, if he wants to pay property, he doesn't have a choice. He's going to have to give all three parties. Again, it doesn't mean a different amounts of money. It just means different amounts of property. But in this case, it's going to be all on the classification of what is Idis. All right. Now, I it's calling it it is because obviously it means from an industry standpoint, it is considered to be it is. That's all he has, but that's what he's going to be paying. Okay, no problems. Now, Kulam government it is. Bainanis. Let's say all he had was bainanis. Now, even though the person that that was damaged has a right to collect. It is, but if all he has, then there's not a shiloh. You want land? This is what you're gonna get, all right? Bainanis, kulam govin bainanis. Ziburis. If all he has is ziburis, then everybody gets downgraded. The the, the ksuba is gonna be ziburis anyway, and both the as uh, nezakin and the the uh, halva are gonna be paid back with that ziburis. Come come ziburis. So far, no, we're good, right? Now. Let's say this fellow has two qualities of land. He has idis and he has bainanis. No, I'm sorry, three. And he happens to have ziburis. He has all three qualities. So now he's able to pay each one with the quality that he has an obligation to give. So therefore, nezokin is beidis. The Balchov is Babainanis, and the Ksuvazisha is Beziburis. Also, glot, straight, no problems here, right? Let's keep going. Idis or Bainanis. Let's say he only has Idis and Bainanis. 
Okay? So Nezakin is Be'idis. Okay, that's a no-brainer. If, if, he, if he has Idis, he should pay the, the Nezakin Be'idis. But now he has no bainerness. It goes straight from Idis to Ziburis. All right? So it says Nezakin Be'idis. Balchov Aksuvas Isha. I'm sorry, did I... Uh, uh, no, this case was he had idis and bainerness. I jumped this case. He had idis and he had bainerness. So the two qualities of, of a property has idis and bainerness. So idis, obviously, he has to give for Nezokin. The bainerness, he gives to the chov. But the isha also, for Huxuba, she also gets from the bainerness. Why? He doesn't have zaburis. So therefore, isha by bainerness. Zabachov is a bainerness. Okay. Next case. Bainanis Ziburis. In this case, he doesn't have idis. He only has Bainanis and he has Ziburis. So now, Nezokin, clearly that's going to be coming from the best that he has. The best that he has is Bainanis. Now, Balchov also, the Gemara is saying, well, the Balchov also should get Bainanis. Why? Because now, normally, Balchov is Bainanis. All right? The Ksuvas Isha, she gets downgraded. She did, no, it's not downgraded. She goes to, she has a zibur. She has to take the lower grade because that's what she has. All right. Now, it is top of the next number. It is the ziburis. So now, in this case, he happens to have the highest quality property and the lowest. It is ziburis. Nezakin be it is. All right. Now, Baal Chov, right? Now the Baal Chov gets downgraded over here to the Ziburis because his right is for Bainanis, right? So therefore he hasn't, and really we're going to see, he really should be getting Ziburis. The rabbis just didn't want people to lock the door in terms of lending, but really it should be to, to be Ziburis. So he doesn't have a right to be upgraded when there's an opportunity from, if there is no Bainanis, it is, so therefore we give him Ziburis as well. That's the end of the Brysa. Now let's analyze this Brysa, keeping in mind that there are two possible systems. There's the, uh, there's the uh, u- universal grading, right, which is the objective system, all right, which is the terminology that could be being used and it seems to be is being used. But then when the actual assessment is done, we throw the universal system out the window because we don't care about that. We care about the subjective uh, uh, re- re- reflecting specifically what the person himself owns. Everybody with me on that? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Kitane Mia. So it's taught in this Bryce, and nevertheless, what's been taught here? Metzia, one of the middle cases. One of the middle cases was Bainanis Viziburis. So the guy doesn't have Idis. Now he has Bainanis and he has Ziburis. So what, would, what was the ruling? So Nezokin obviously has to come from the Bainanis. Why? Because it's the best he has. That's the best he has. Now, it says the Balchov also comes from the Bainanis because generally the right of the Balchov is from Bainanis and the Isha gets downgraded to Ziburis. Not downgraded. I mean, not downgraded. I mean, she gets the lower grade of Ziburis. I keep saying that. Yeah, she gets the lower grade of Ziburis. Ask the Gemara Gavala Gekasha. What is this like this? I understand you want to tell me that there is an objective reality of what it is is and what's Bainanis and what's Ziburis. And therefore, when you tell me what the guy owns, you tell me he owns Bainanis and he owns Ziburis because that could be objectively what it's classified in the Torah. But when we come to do the assessment, if this is all that the person has, 
This is all the mazik has, is Bainanis and Zimuris. <laughs> so we, when we are assessing, since the best grade that he has, what should we then halachically be referring to that as? What should it be defined as? If he doesn't have anything more than the Bainanis, that Bainanis therefore should be considered <laughs> the Idis, right? And therefore, I understand that for Nezokin, you give it. But why are you now also giving it... To the, the Baal Chov. The Baal Chov doesn't have a right where to take from his assessment goes not just for Nazikin. That assessment, whatever the halachic assessment is, for all ways we assess when we end up paying out. So therefore it should not be that the Baal Chov should also be upgraded to the to the what, what really is now halachically idris, even though it could be universally bananist, but if that's all he has, and you told me that when it comes to assessment, we go by what the person has related to what he has, not in terms of what it's universal. If so, not only should the Isha be getting from the Ziburis, who else should be getting from the Ziburis? The Baal Chov. Why are you upgrading him to be getting Idis? Ah, universal is Bainanis, but we're not going by universal grading. We're going by relevant, subjective to what the person has. Everyone, the other question. This would seem to be a raya that what Rabbi said before, that there's no question, you always go by the uh, subjective to what the person has. It's incorrect. We go by what the universal grading is. That's what it would seem over here. Everybody with me on that? Let's see the sign. Now, now you tell me that it's based subjective to what the person owns. So then, then what is, even though universally considered Bainanis, since that's the only thing that he has, what classification should it be given halachically? It should be considered Ke'idis. And therefore, the Yedacha Baal Chov, Ziburis. And therefore, the Baal Chov should not be upgraded to Idis. He should be downgraded to the Ziburis. He doesn't have a right to skip up if there's something that he can skip down, because really, as Raja points out, he really should be getting for the Ziburis. So Mora says like this, everyone the Kasha, right? So Mora says like this, a creative answer. So everyone like this, let's say that when the, uh, the, the loan was made, when the Ksuva was uh, written, and when the damages occurred, right? Actually, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the Mazik, the party that has now these three liabilities, he actually had all three types of property. He actually had a dis. Bainanis and Ziburis, right? Now, therefore, whether you look at it objectively or you look at it subjectively, there were three classifications of Idis, Bainanis, Ziburis. Now, what ended up happening as follows is that this fellow went and sold his Idis. This fellow went and sold his Idis. Now, what happens is when you, when you sell, we're going to see, is the lien that you had on it even though the, 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 the Nizak should really be getting Idis, when you sell it, he has to take whatever's left. So therefore... So he so, what's that? The person sold the land after yes. he caused damage. So, yes. So therefore what happens is, is that the Nizak has to take from the Bainanis. Now our question is that if all that's left right now is the Bainanis and the Ziburis, we should be looking at that Bainanis as what? As Idis and the Baal Chov doesn't have a right to take from Idis. No, but in this case he does. Because in this case, at the time of when the loan was made, he had a lien. It was still considered halachically bananist. Only afterwards was it sold. Therefore, since his lien is on this property, therefore he's a right to collect from it, even though right now there is no Idis. But at the time when the loan was made, that was considered to be bananist. That's why he has a right to collect from it. Is that clear? Right. says like this. That the guy, that the the the, the, the mazik, 
originally, and, uh, and, and, and the borrower was a mazik borrower and a husband. Oh, that at that time, he happened to have idis, umachra, and then subsequently he sold it. All right? And therefore, that, that does not allow him to come say, well, now you can't take, because that's my best property, because the lien that was created at the time of the loan was on that bainerness. He has a right to collect that bainerness. Now, Rab Chista also gave the same answer to explain the, this b'risa. says, I'll prove to you that there is no other way to learn. This is the correct way of learning. Why? Because we have another b'risa. We have a second b'risa that contradicts this one. That says, that when a person only has, like the first b'risa, he only has b'inus and ziburis, Nezokin the Bainers, we understand that Nezokin collects the Bainers because that's the highest level that, the, that there is to collect for. He has a right to collect from Idis. And, and the second price is, and the Baal Chov and the Ksuvas Isha take from. Ziburis. So Kasha and Hadadi, these two brises contradict each other. He says, no, because the way we're explaining it doesn't contradict it. Because the first brise is talking about at the time of the loan, the guy possessed Idis. Therefore, lien was created of the Bainers. The second brise is that this person never had. He never had Idis. So since he never had the Idis, right? So therefore, then that idis is really, I mean, that bainanis really, even though it might be bainanis universally, halachically we view it as, 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 as meitav, as idis, and therefore in this case the balchov has to be downgraded to collect from the ziburis with the isha. So basically the way we've explained it, that in the first bride that you had the property and sold it, is the way you have to learn in order to, not, uh, to avoid a contradiction with the second bride. Is that clear? So therefore, like this. El Alav Shmamina, Kanchai Shlo Idis, Umachra, once somebody had the Idis and he sold it, but Kanchai Shlo Idis, Umachra, once somebody didn't have the Idis and he sold it. Okay, fine. So it says the moral like this. Now, the, learned, the wording here is a little strange. Ibai's aim is usually giving an alternative answer. What the Ibai's aim over here is doing is that saying basically, you have no proof. I have a way of reconciling the two Bryce's, that you don't have to say that one was talking about that he had it and sold it, and the other one was, they didn't have, you don't have to say that that's what's going on. <coughs> now remember, the way we just said, the, the way we reconciled it, it's sticking with Rabbi Abba's answer, is that halachically we always go rel- uh, relative to what he has, but the talking about over there, the reason why the Baal Chov collects from the Bedanis is because there was a Ziburis, there was an Idis before that had been sold, right? So now Ibai's Amos, you don't, you don't, you don't, it's no proof. Why? It's because Amos, the Gears, we're going to go with the Gears, so we have the different Gears, so we that in both cases, we're not talking about a situation where the guy originally had an idis and then he sold it. Well, he was not talking about the had an idis and then he sold it. Then how do you uh, reconcile the two brises below kasha? And it's not difficult. What I'll tell you is like this: is that hadashavia bainer shaloh ke idis to alma. That it could be that in one price that we're talking about that although we have to explain, Tyson asked the question, why are you calling it bainanis? But his bainanis was actually universally considered to be idis. You know, I just keep that, I'll, we'll circle back and explain why you would call it bainanis. But his bainanis was actually universally the value of idis. 
Alright? And one is that what his bainerness is universally bainerness. It's not it wasn't at a value of idis. Now let's go back and explain. So the one Brysa that says that, and, and that could be someone saying like this, so you have no proof. It could be actually that we don't say that it's relative to what the person has. It could be actually, it goes by universal standards, and I could still explain both Bryce's. How could I explain both Bryce's? Because in the first Bryce, where even though it's calling it Bainanis, that Bainanis actually, no, no, I'm sorry, that's the second Bryce. In the, in, in the, in the, in the second, in the second Bryce, that even though it was calling it Bainanis, but that Bainanis was actually at a level of Idis. So therefore the only one that's allowed to take from that, from that is the for Nizakin. Where does the Baal Chov have to go? He's not allowed to take from Idis. And this universally is considered, so he has to go down to the Zuburus. The first Brysa, where we called it Bainanis, it actually was Bainanis. It wasn't at a level of Idis. So therefore the Nizakin you have to take from because that's all there is. And for um, for the Balchov, the Balchov will take from it as well because that is universally what is considered to be right now. So, so Tozer has the questions. I don't understand if, in fact, that bane is. We're saying right now that you are going by universal standards. Well, if you're going by universal standards, then why are you calling it baneness if actually universally that's considered to be it is? And you're not talking about a case where he had it and sold it. Then why are you referring to it as baneness? So Tozer is machadish. It's talking about a case where this fellow actually has a super idis. He has like something that's above the universal standard. So it's not talking about we had it and sold. He didn't have it and sold. He actually had it, never sold it. But since he has this universal standard, therefore he refers to this as bainerness, even though actually this bainerness is equal to it is. Yeah, that's how Tozer's get so. Uh, he doesn't have that super one. He does have it now. He does. But still, since we're going by the universal standard. The, for Nizokin, he can't take from the higher one because he's only allowed to take from what universally is considered to be Idis, not what's considered to be a super Idis. He doesn't have a right to. Therefore, he takes from this one. Why is it called Bainanis? Tells his answer. It's called Bainanis because he does happen to have a, 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 another one. All right. Okay. Now, let's get going. So, therefore, we've had two explanations how to reconcile the Brysa. Third explanation. Ibais Eima. Now the third explanation he's saying is this Bainanis is universally Bainanis, right? It is considered universally Bainanis. So now we have to explain. So then why does one Bryce say that for uh, for Halvo uh, 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 he collects from it and the other Bryce says from Halvo he has to take from the Ziburis. Right? Whereas it's Vahaka, Vahaka, Bligi. This is actually what the two Bryces are arguing about. One Bryce says you go by universal standard. If you go by universal standard, then where does you, where do you collect for, for a loan? From Bainanis, because this is called Bainanis. The other Bryce that says that no, for a loan you have to go down to Zaburis, holds we don't go by universal standard, we go by subject to what the person has, and therefore that's really considered to be Idis. And therefore, that ban is considered to be Idis, and therefore the Balchov has to go down to the Zuburis. Well, it's not Bainus, it's just not, it's not Idis. It's just his lowest, it's, it's only two properties here. So Moses is like this. So therefore, okay, which would be, which would be the first Brysa, and therefore, 
uh, I'm, I'm sorry, it would be, Bishlam Shabbat would be the second brisa, and therefore the Baal Chov is not allowed to collect from the, uh, from the Bainanis, because that's really considered to be Idis if it's Bishlam Shabbat. So it actually is Bainanis, and therefore the Baal Chov can, that's the first brisa, can collect from it. All right, fourth answer. Ravina Amar, really what they're arguing about is the teaching of Ula. Now, what is the teaching of Ula? What Ula is going to say is that really Minat Torah, where should the Baal Chov collect from? From Benavis. Minat Torah. Minat Torah, you should be able to give him anything you want, which means you should even be able to give him Ziburis. The oh, rabbis came along, says Ula, and made a takana and upgraded him to Bainanis. Why? Because they're afraid that if you're going to be able to give anything you want, and it might be saddled with Zibur's property, he won't want to lend. So therefore, that's going to be the machlokas. Do you agree with the takana of Ula, or you don't agree with the takana of Ula? Meaning like this, if you agree with the takana of Ula, which therefore, the Baal Chov is allowed to collect from Bainanis. So therefore, if you have Bainanis, you should be giving him Bainanis, right? Now, if you don't hold of the Takana of Ula, which means that you're allowed to give whatever you want, so therefore, when there's Bainanis and Ziburis, he gets from Ziburis, he doesn't get from the Bainanis. That's going to be the two ways of explaining the Bryce. It comes out being a machlokus in, that, in the Takana of Ula. So, Avina Amar could be the Ula Katpligi. To Amar Ula, Dvar Torah Balchov Ziburis. Minat Torah Balchov really should be able to be given Ziburis. How do we know that? Shener Bachutz Talmud, it says that when you come to collect money from a person who owes you money, you're not allowed to go into his house and pressure him. You have to stand outside, right? The person who owes you the money, will bring to you the collateral, right? He'll bring you a collateral to hold on to. Bachutzah, outside of the house. Now, if we're leaving it up to the, the debtor to give what he wants for the collateral, we assume that what quality of stuff he's going to give you? His worst. So therefore, from here you see that it's okay to get whatever, in the Torah you can give whatever you want as long as it equals the value, all right? So therefore, what's the way of a person? The worst of his kalim. So therefore, so too by land, it should be able to give the worst. Tosh has asked, we said before, that movables are always considered to be Good, but nevertheless, you see the idea that you can give the worst. So you see the idea you can give the worst, so by land you should also be able to give the worst. So So why did the rabbi say then you have to give Bainanis? It's Kadesh, to stop the doors from being locked from people that want to borrow money. So Mora says like this, is the Takanta, according to one of the Bryce's, hold of the Takana, and therefore, when there's Bainanis and Zeburis, if this is called Bainanis, then you have to go ahead and give it. It seems to me that's going also with universal, uh, if you want to hold universal, otherwise you have to learn it's called Bainanis and there's also a third. All right, it's, uh, now, that's actually Akasha. According to this Machlokas, you didn't have to talk about a case where it's only Bainanis and Zaburis. It could have been Idis, Bainanis, and Zaburis, and you still would have had the same Machlokas. That's Tesis Kasha and Rashi over here. And therefore, Mar Isle Takanta, one holds the Kona to Ula, or Mar Lezi Takanta Ula means you can always give Zaburis. You can always give Zaburis. He has to take from the Zaburis with the Isha. And that's also a fourth way of reconciling. It's not a reconciling, it comes out being a Machlokas. Let's go weiter. Okay, gentlemen. Okay, that was the easy stuff. Tanra Bon, we learned in a Brysa. Okay? Now the case is like this. 
The case is, let, let's, let's just uh, get, get some rules uh, in place. We've touched on them before. Let's say that I am the fellow that is both, all three, I'm the husband, I'm the mazik, and I'm the borrower. All right? Which means that now I have to pay off an isha from Ziburis, I have to pay a creditor off from Bainanis, and I have to pay the nizak from my idis. And I had all three sets of property available, right? And I have enough property of each one that could have paid all three from each one, but the halacha is I can't do that. Because if I'm gonna use land, I have to use land from what it is, from the, the grade that I'm required to do, whether it's been a Torah, whether it's Durabon, everyone with yourself. The halacha is as follows, that if a buyer comes, if a buyer comes and buys from me, right, one of the properties, right? so let's go together. He, buy, he bought out all my idis. He bought out all my idis. Now, technically, who had a lien on my idis? The nizak. The nizak had a right. Now, so technically, you should say, well, that lien should shift over to the buyer, okay? And, the buy, and, and I should still be able to go after the buyer for my nizak. But the Rachamim came along and said that we make a takono. What is the takono? Is that if you as a buyer, to protect buyers, Right, so because we want to give a little bit of more protection for the buyers, as long as they leave land behind, the lien shifts from the, for the remaining. Even though the grade of what's left is not the, of the same level as what my original lien was on, the, now the Nizza can only take from the Bainanist, uh, uh, and he cannot take, and all the way through, it means if he sold his Bainanist, and he sold, he sold his Idis, and he sold his Bainanist, and now all he has is the Zibur. You cannot go after the buyers, as long as the buyers left something behind, even if what was left behind now is Ziburis, all three parties, if there's enough to go around, they have to collect from the Ziburis. Everybody understand what I just said? Yeah, well, why uh, is that? It's to, what, what's that? Why is that? To protect buyers. Because buyers don't know what, they just, they just have to make sure that if there's anything out there that you owe, I'm leaving property. So therefore, to protect them, they left behind. All right, everybody with me. So now, the case over here is that let's say the fellow, this guy, all right, this is a guy has the triple whammy, all right? Let's call him Yehuda. So this Yehuda went and sold Ruvain all of his properties. All of his properties. Now, the way Rashi explains it, we're going to see later, he sold it on one day. Since he sold it on one day, oh, one so one therefore time. it wasn't necessarily one time, we'll get to, he sold it one day, but since they don't put dates, I mean, they don't put hours in the... Uh, in the, in, the, in the star, ostensibly selling it on one day is like selling it at one time, and therefore it doesn't shift. You can't say, well, now the Idis got downgraded to the Bainanis, the Bainanis got downgraded to the Ziburis, because it, we view it as if all three properties transferred hand at one time. Therefore, it comes out, in this case, if there's nothing left behind, so now when all three parties come, the Isha, the Balchov, and the Nizak, 
each one has a right to go after the particular property that they had the lien on because that shifts from the from 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 Yehuda it shifts all everything shifts over to Reuven right so remember that that if you would have left property behind and not sold it then they would have had to go to what was left behind so now even though technically there might have been an order that it was shifted it doesn't matter because since it happened all on one day with the one guy, everyone gets to go after the property that is designated for them, right? Now, let's up the ante. Let's say this, this uh, Yehuda sold it to three different people. He, he sold it to Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. He sold the Idis to Ruvain, the uh, Benanis to Shimon, and he sold the Idis to Levi. But again, it, he sold all his properties to three different people. Ruben bought the Idis, Levi bought the Bedanis, Shimon bought the Ziburis. But again, all of the documents are dated on the same date, which therefore ostensibly means we look at it as if it all happened at the same time. Therefore, each one can go after the property that, because again, if let's say it would have been different days, then that would not be the rule. The rule is you can only go after the last remaining property, whatever that quality is, that's what you would have been limited to go after. Is everybody with me? All right. So now, so let's read it again. As if it was at one, like one person, means it was on one day. They all go, all of the buyers go after the original Bailin, which means what? That their responsibility, like would have been the Bailin's responsibility. The Bailin's responsibility was to give the Isha Ziburis, the Bainanis to the Balchov, and the Nezokin to the, and then it is the Nezokin. Now, However, let's say it did not happen on one day. Monday was the sale to Ruvain. Tuesday was the sale to Shimon. Wednesday was the sale to Levi. And I'm, I'm specifically going that order, which means the last piece of property that left behind by Yehuda originally was the Ziburis. And each time there was a sale, it shifted to what was left behind, which means the last piece of property to have the lien on it was the Ziburis that was brought on, uh, on Wednesday by Levi. So Kulan, Govin, and they all have to go to Levi. And whatever quality of land was the land that Levi bought, which was the last remaining property by Yehuda, all three of them, as long as there is enough to go around, they have to collect from him. They divide up and collect from him. And lo, if after collecting from him, they still haven't satisfied the obligation, then they go back to the Tuesday purchase and they collect. So therefore, and only after they've collected equally from Wednesday's purchase and divided up, Tuesday's purchase divided up, and they still haven't completely been satisfied. So then, then they have a right to go back to the original purchase that happened on Monday, Mishlefonim. Now, ain't love, you know, if Tuesday doesn't have enough to satisfy, then go, if they find up, then they go back to... Uh, but it has to be two different people that you'd explain. What, what if he sold it to, to the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, different properties, it's the same guy. What if they send it... All right, I mean, we'll get to that, we're going to be discussing, we're going to be discussing right now, but right now the case was done that either they sold it on, it seemed to be to one guy, or they sold it to three people like one guy, which assumes it happened the same day. But if it was sold to the three different people on three different days, they have to go to the last fellow first. Now, Mahran, now that's the end of the Brysa. 
All right? Now, when the, the, the distinction between one day and three days was only done by the three people, because it said they sold it to three people like one, like one we understood means like at one time, but if you sold it at three times, then we said, now, now the more is actually asking is what right. Yisrael was asking. But what does it mean that you sold it to one person? When it's sold to one person, does it mean you sold it to one person on one day? Or does it mean you sold it to the one person on three days? What does it mean? So, Alright? Now let's say, like the way I explained originally, which would make the most sense, that you sold it all to Ruvain, all three levels of property, at one day. One day is like one time. Right? So Moses is like this. The problem with that is, then there's a redundancy in the Brisa. Because the halacha is that even to three different people, on the same Three day, day. On the same day same where even though they're clearly, it's oh, not the wrong. same time, but we view it the same time, and that's the halacha. So to one person that could actually be mamish the, the same, same time, time. So obviously that would be the din, that, each, that he has to satisfy each one according to it. So why do you have to write the case of one person? You, you see that clearly from the case of three people. Three people like one person, then obviously that's the din by one person. So, by three people where clearly there's one person came before the other one that didn't happen simultaneously, but we look at it like it was simultaneously, it was all on the same day. So, Amar, you say that's the halacha, that Kula Nikrasantakas that all three parties, that all three parties that are owed money go uh, take over, that, that means, I'm sorry, all, all three say, uh, different people follow the original Bailim and has to pay each one according to their level and their grade. So so therefore if Yehuda sold it only to one person, to Ruvain, obviously on the same day that would be the halacha. Why do you have to write that case? Therefore, Pshita must be the case of one person wasn't talking to one person on the same day because there's no need to say because three people on the same day, that's the halacha. So when it says one person, it must be even if it's one person uh, on three separate days. He sold uh, grade A on Monday, grade B on Tuesday, grade C all to Ruvain. And then it would come out that it's still the same halacha, that each one has a right to go after their particular grade. So therefore, so therefore, so it means that must be on three separate days. Now, the Gemara wants to know, but then what's the halachic ramification? What's the, what's the, what's the, what, what is the, the logic behind this? Because we said like this, if you sold it to three different people, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there we don't say each one can go after their quality. What do they have to go after? The last, the last sale. So if you sold it to one person on three different days, it should be no different. They should not be able to go each one after their own grade. It depends. It should depend on what? What was the last thing? That's what they first should go after. Then they should go to the second to last and then go to the first. But not that they should each one be able to go after their specific grade. Why should it be different? So my shnoa what's the reason by three? To call chad v'chad, by three, that, 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 that each one uh, has, uh, uh, that they have to go after the last person and they cannot go after the quality. Because the Kolchad Vachad Amralei, because each one, Monday sale and Tuesday sale, they can say to anyone who comes to them, you can't come to me because we left behind. So therefore, so Nami. So therefore, the same thing should be even if it's one person. Ruvain is the one that bought from the original 
trifecta guy, right? So they should, Ruben should say is, you cannot take from my Monday purchase because I, and you cannot take from my Tuesday purchase because I left those, uh, I left behind something. The only thing you can be able to collect from is my Wednesday purchase. Why can they just arbitrarily, each one go to the level of land? It shouldn't depend on what the level is. What should depend on, what did he leave behind? Wednesday's purchase, we left nothing behind. That's what they should only be entitled to. And if it's a Burris, then all three of them should be able to only take from. So what difference does that make if it's one guy or three guys? The same thing should apply. So on each one of the qualities of land that they're coming after, Lay should be able to tell each three, each one of the three people, I left for you, the Wednesday purchase was left for you to collect from. And whatever that was, that's what you think. If there's not enough from there, then go to Tuesday's purchase. Not enough from there, then go. But you can't go straight to Monday's purchase if you want. So what it says like this, you write. of my askina, and the case must be talking about what was the order of the purchases. Let's take a look at the order of the purchase. Because Shalokach Idis Bachrona, Wednesday's purchase was Idis. Meaning like this, the best quality, why he did it that way, was the last one. So therefore, right? Now, let's understand this. Therefore, it comes out like this. On the same day, if it's on the same day, it doesn't matter the order because all the same day. Therefore, each one goes after the one thing that they have to do. Now, we said that if it's on separate days, you should only be able to go after the last one. Yeah, but this guy doesn't want them to go after the last one. Why doesn't he want them to go after the last one? Because the last one was the end. So therefore, he would rather each one go after... They're all. Now, that you can do, you can only do that when it's the same guy. If it's three different guys, he can't say each one should go after their own because they have a right to say, we left you that Wednesday property. Ah, it's, it is too bad. Too bad on last Wednesday's time. guy. That's it. That he's got the, the whole thing's on him. That's why it could be a difference between when it's three people or one person. Sigmar says like this. Sigmar says like this. But still, it still not doesn't make sense because if the last purchase that was was that the, the thing shifted to was the idis, so technically all three of them should still have a right to say. We want Idis. We want Idis. Because that's where the, the last property you have is to where our ship is. Our ship is on the Idis. The fact that you also bought, you also bought the, the Monday's purchase and Tuesday's purchase, that has no bearing. Because the only bearing is, is what the last thing was. The last thing was Idis. The fact the, the same guy. guy. So therefore, I understand if it's the same day, but if it's three separate days, then we clearly know that it shifted to Idis. So if you have enough land of Idis, all three of them should demand that's what we want. Right? Listen, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I mean, the bottom line is that if it would have been the last thing would have been Ziburis, we would have all been stuck with Ziburis. Well, it is, we should all be stuck with it is. I mean, that's the way it should go, right? That's the point. Let them all be a, come and say, we want to collect it is. So Moses, I'll tell you like this, is that he has some leverage. What's the leverage that the buyer has? The leverage has the following buyer. Let's say he would turn around and take one of the titles that he has and say, I'm giving this property back to Ruvain. What would be the case? What would happen in that and case? In theory, they should have to then go back in theory, as long as Ruvain has something, they need to go back to Ruvain. So he could say like this, he says, guys, I'm gonna take my Zaburis 
and I'm going to give my Zaburis back to Reuben. And you know what's going to happen if I give my Zaburis back to Reuben? All three of you are going to have to collect from the Zaburis. Now, really, that's only a threat on who? Ah, the top guy, the two of them. The, the, the guy, the guy that's supposed to get Ziburis, I mean, the guy supposed to get Idis, is going to get hurt by that. And also the Baal Chov, that's going to get Bainanis, is going to be hurt. But the Isha, really, she doesn't care. Either way, she's supposed to get Ziburis. But the point is that the reason why you can tell them, each guy, listen, everyone should go after what they should be getting, because if you don't go after what you should really be getting, and you all want to demand Idis, I'm going to protect myself by doing what? Giving my ziburis back to the to to Reuven. So Moses says, "Mishum da'amalohu ishes kisu." If you be quiet, b'shaklisu k'nayach and take what your din should be, each one according to their grade. Then shaklisu. Then fine, you'll you'll get it and you'll be fine. But Eloi, but if not, if you can complain about it, so mahadrin ashtara da ziburis l'kelamara. I'm going to give the document, the deed of the Ziburis back to the original owner. And all of you then will end up getting stuck with Ziburis. All right? Therefore, that's how we could force each one to take according to what they want. Now, Mona says, one second, you have such a taina. If that works, right? So then, then how can he, uh, then, 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 uh, then in the case of Nizokin, right? What is he telling the guy of Nizokin? Right? You guy, meaning like this, I understand the Isha really, she has no skin in the game because either way she gets Ziburis. The one who stands to lose is the Baal Chov because the Baal Chov, I don't want Ziburis, I would rather get Bainanis. No, but what, what, is the, what does the, uh, the, the Nezokin guy get? Lechora, what does it seem that he gets? Be quiet, you take your... You're good. You're, you're your it is. You're taking the it is. That's what he's saying. When he says, why? If he has the ability to threaten them, he should be able to give that guy bainanis. Because he still has leverage over the guy. Why should he give him his it is? Right. He can say to him, take the bainanis. Because if you don't take the bainanis, and you're going to get this bonus. So why does it say each one gets according to their din? He should be able to say, listen, you guys should either get ziburis if you need ziburis, bainanis if you need bainanis. And even the guy that needs it is should get oh, bainanis. Exactly. Because we don't have uh, yeah, I, so why should he have to give me Idris? If that really works, then why can't he do that? So Gemara says like this. So Gemara says, uh, So therefore, Iachi, if so, Benazokin, Nami Neimach, you should be able to say the same thing, leverage him in the same way, to avoid him from getting what? To get the, the Idris, and he should be able to saddle him with. With Bainanis, right? So it's like this. So Elo must be talking about the reason he can't do it. You know why? It must be that the, that, the, that the person he got it from, the person he brought from has died. Now, if the person he got it from has died and only what's left is the estate, the estate, once property has been sold, they are not required so to give. They, they, they don't, have to, they don't have to take care of it anymore. Meaning like this, if you give it back to them, they don't have to pay it. So therefore, so the reason why he has, doesn't have that leverage over the, 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 the case of Nezokin, because we must be talking about that it's Yosomim, it's an estate that is left from the person who sold it. Well, the same way then you don't have that leverage over the Nezokin, then you don't have a leverage over any of them. So we're back to our question. So why can't all three of them demand the last piece of property, which was Idis? Everybody with me on that? Yeah. 
Gemara says, so therefore, we're dealing is biyasmi, that the person who sold it to you is dead, and it's an estate, and it won't help to give it back to the estate. Why won't it help to give it to the estate? Because once you gave, they, once it's out of their domain, it's out of, then they don't have to pay anymore. So says like this, they're not required to pay. And that liability, that, uh, that lien is only on the buyer. It's not on the estate at all. So you cannot pass it back to the estate. It's only on you have to take it. If you gave away that property, they could still come after you. It won't help. So therefore our question is, we're back to our question. So why can he tell each of them, okay. if it's at the case of one day, if the one person is three different days, why can't they all demand the last property? If the last property was Idis, they should all be able to collect the Idis. Everyone have a question? So, says, uh, so therefore, Hilkach Lekalamemahachi, so that you can't say that, uh, that I'm, I've got leverage over you because he doesn't have that leverage. Elog says like this there's a different shot over here. The shot is as follows. Now, get this clear because it's going to be till the end of it. I want to get, I'm, I'm going to, tomorrow's daf, I want to start at the Tana Rabbonon. Amarovo. Amarovo. It's about uh, 15 lines from here. Amarovo. Now, the Rava is the first word on the line, I believe. Now, what, what is what it's going to say? Really, let's think about this for a moment. Technically, technically, like this is what you saw was bothering you so If you buy a property from someone and it has a lien on it, right? You buy a property from someone, somebody, uh, uh, le- uh, somebody uh, uh, lent the seller money or he damaged someone or it's a ksuva and somebody buys that property that had a lien on it, who should have, where should, the, where should you be allowed to go to collect the, the, the outstanding debt. Technically, where should you be allowed to go collect it from? From the buyer. From the buyer. Because the buyer has, is the one that has a problem lead. The rabbis came along to protect the buyers. What did they say? As long as the buyer left something behind, then what? Then he can say, don't take from what I bought. Go after the sale. Or go after or the, la- or the last property was sold. Now let's think about it over here. The buyer over here is the same buyer in three cases. Monday sale, Tuesday sale, Wednesday sale was all the same buyer. So what you're trying to use the Takana that's for his benefit. It's for my benefit that the lien shifted over to what was left. And therefore you guys now want to collect from the Meta, from the Idis. Then the Takana is ending up hurting me. Why is it the Because if the ta- there was no Takana, then what would you have to go after? You would go after on whatever the lien was. So therefore, the Zokin was on the Idis, the Chol was on the Bainanis, and the Isha was on the Zipurus, and that's what you would go after. The only reason you don't go after that is why? Is because there was a Takana to protect the buyer. Now, who is the buyer? I'm the buyer. I don't want that Takana because the Takana now hurts me. Why does the Takana hurt me? Because now I'm going to have to give everyone Idis. I don't want the Takana. So says the Gemara. So says the Gemara like this. Time on my Amorabon. What's the reason that the Chachamim said, Ain Ephraim and Achasim Shabbat and Makim Shiesh Bnei Chorin? Is that you don't have a right to collect from encumbered properties, properties that were sold, you don't have a right to take from if they're still left behind. Properties by the seller, by the, the why, why did they say that? They did it for my benefit. They did it for my benefit to protect me that you can't come after something I bought if I left something behind. But but in this case, I don't want that takana because the takana hurts me. Why does it hurt me over here? Because everyone wants to take my idis over here. I don't want them to take my idis. 
So therefore, could the rubber, and this would have to go with the sheet of rubber. The Amar Rava, call Omer Eretz Takanas Chachamim. That if somebody has a Takanas Chachamim in his benefit, and he says, "I don't want it," Kagoyin Zul, like this case. We'll see what the like this case is in a moment. Shomin Lo, you have a right to do it. My Kagoyin Zul. What do you mean, like this case? There's a case that Rava was referring to. Could Ravuna, the case of Ravuna. Ravuna said like this that according to Ravuna, the reason why the Chachamim said that a woman has to turn over her Maisia dime. When she works, she has to give over her money to the husband because the Takana was the husband has to feed her. Since the husband has to feed her, so therefore in... in, in, in but let's say you have a woman who's a brain surgeon. She's making a million dollars a month and the husband's feeding her. The food bill is $500 a month. You can say, you know what? Don't me, do me any favors. You keep your food bill and I will keep the, my wages. He says, Ravuna says, yeah, right, because yeah, she takana's so that's the idea. That's what we're basing ourselves on the Brisa that a person is a if a takana is for their benefit, they're allowed to be meichel on takana. So says the Gemara like this. So it says the Amar Ravuna Yechola Isha Shatomer Labala ain't in his zonus. Don't feed me. And I won't have to turn over my uh, my paycheck to you either. So he has a right to do that too. Okay. So the Gemara Vaiter Pshita says the Gemara. It's obvious to us. Is that machar lekeach beinanis the ziburis? Let's say the lekeach sold his beinanis and his grade three and his grade two lands. Vashir idis lefonov, all right, and he left by him. He left by him only idis. The question we're going to be dealing with over here is that what happens if you have more than one buyer? Right, you have the original person that had the three qualities of land that had three people coming after him and he sold it he sold it in the order that we said he sold first the, ba- the Ziburis and the Bainanis and on Wednesday he sold the Idis now what happened was that was buyer number one came along buyer number two and he purchased from buyer number one he only purchased the uh, he, he only bur- purchased the Bainanis and Ziburis he left by buyer number one the Idis. Okay? So you're saying uh, buyer number one bought all three things? Buyer number one. The same case we just had. We just had the case before. He bought all three pieces of property on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Wednesday, the last property was the Idis. The lien shifted to the Idis, but since he has a right to say, if it would all be by him, I don't want the Takana, then each one would have to take what they would take. But now what happened is before each one came to him and collected, he turned around and he sold to buyer number two, he sold his Bainanis and his Zaburis. Okay? Now they, sh- they show up at buyer number one. They say, you've purchased the property. The lien is now on you. We want, the c- all three of us want to collect from what you have. So what he has now is the idis. Right? Now the question is, do we say he has to pay the idis or can he shift them to buyer number two and say, no, go collect from the Bainanis and Zaburis from buyer number two. That's the question the one wants to know. So therefore, again, and he left by himself the idis. So now, in that case, here there's no question. Buyer number one is going to turn over the idis. 
because the original lien was on the Edis. It was the last piece of property. The only thing he could have said, listen, this Takana was for my benefit, for the buyer's benefit, and therefore I don't want you collecting from only the Edis. I want you collecting from all three. But he can't do that right now. Why can't? Because he sold the Bainas Ibuddhas. That person also has the right to the Takana. Buyer number two, also the Takana is supposed to help him. So he can't say, no, go collect from him. Because number two can say, hey, the lien was last on the Idis. What are you going to say? I don't want that Takana. But he does want that Takana. So therefore, in case where you left yourself only with the Idis, you don't have any leverage over there. All three of them are going to come after the last piece of property that you bought. The last piece of property you bought was the Idis. And you cannot shift them in that case over to buyer number two. So that's what it says, Pshita. Because the Idis was the last piece of property that buyer number one purchased. The lien all went onto it. And he no longer has by him the Bainanis and Ziburis that he can say, I don't want the Takana take from the Bainanis and Ziburis. He can't do that anymore. The he would be able to say to them, Govme Bainus Ziburis, take from the Bainus and the Ziburis. The low Nikhali Takan to Bagana, I don't want the Takana to Rabbana. You can't say that anymore. Because he can't say, I don't want the Takana to Rabbana anymore. He doesn't have the leverage anymore. Why doesn't he have the leverage? Because he no longer has the Bainus and the Ziburis. Aval. Now, let's go a different case. What happens if buyer number one sold the Idis to buyer number two? Machar Idis, Vashir Bainus Ziburis. And he left by himself the Bainus and Ziburis. My, what will be the din? Because on one hand, the lien was on the last property that he, the buyer number one, had purchased, which was the Idis. So does the lien shift over now to buyer number two, right? Or do we say, no, maybe the buyer number two also has the right to say, Efshi, Betakana. So the question over here, what, what would that now, they can go and collect from buyer number two or not? That's the question. So my so Savra Bayalamar Atukulu Gobim Idis. So buyer thought this Pashit must be the lean in this case does the lean is had shifted to the Idis and therefore and therefore buyer number one has a right to demand the protection of the lean on the Idis and therefore once the Idis shifts over to buyer number two, he can push them all to buyer number two because that's where the lean was on the Idis. Right? So, Amalei Rabbah. So, Rabbah says a very smart thing. Rabbah says that when you purchase something from someone, you purchase with it the rights that that person had as well. So, when buyer number two comes and buys from buyer number one, he says, I brought from you this land with the rights that you had. What rights did buyer number one have? Buyer number one could have protected the Idis. How could he protect the Idis? Because he could have said, E.F. Shibatakana's Chachamim. So when I bought the Idis from you, I bought the right to also be able to say, E.F. Shibatakana's Chachamim. And therefore, I, it means some of it will be able to be collected. But not that they, all of them have to collect from the Idis, there's also going to be collection from the Bainers and the Buris that he's left behind by number one as well. Because that the Koach that number one had, he sold over in that transaction to number two as well. So, Ma Macha Rishon Lashani, what did the first one sell to the second one? All the benefits that he had within his hands. And therefore, If all the land was by Lokach Rishon, and they would have come to Lokach Rishon, what koach would Lokach Rishon have had? 
He could have made them collect from the Bainus and Zaburis because he could have said, Ev Shiba Takonazu, even though when the Bainus and Zaburis was purchased by buyer number one, he still had left behind the Idis, he could still shift them. Buyer number one could have shifted them to Bainus and Zaburis because he could have said, uh, and, and even though you don't collect from encumbered properties, he still could have said to them, Lo nichali bahai takana, I takana, I don't want this takana. So therefore, Lashkeach Shani also, Matsi Amalahu, he could say to them, Gami Bainus is a Buris, go collect from the Bainus of Buris, the Chizavin Lakeach Shani, because when the Kech Shani purchased the property from Lakeach Rishon, I died to the Kos Chusei, the Havali Rishon Begavo Zavin. He purchased all the rights in that property that the first one had. And what right did the first one have? To protect the idiots and shift them over to Bain Zaburis. Buyer number two has the same rights as well. Okay. Gentlemen, we'll stop over here.